true story. So this is our first summer camp that we went together. We both got to go together. Um, this is an event that we had at our first youth ministry called Turkey Olympics, um, which essentially was just disgusting games that we would play around Thanksgiving time. So in this picture, you see on the floor is food. Um, and the doors open in November because we were playing Ultimate Octopus, which is Ultimate Frisbee, but played with a squid or an octopus. And it stunk, like, forever. Yes. Um, so very bad. So moving on, this is our second church that we were at, at summer camp. Um, Lima First, we were there. And then Reach Conference also as well with some of our students. So we, yeah. We've, so this is our daughter, Addison, who is now five. Um, so just to give you an idea of how long ago this was, she was probably a year old in that picture or close to it. Um, and this is this last year at summer camp um, where the Lord has blessed me and helped me grow up um, a little bit with our youth. And then the final picture that we have, so this is a cool um, just kind of story that we have. So this is our first youth group, and when we moved to Louisville, Ohio, in Ohio, we went to Reach Conference back when it was split. Um, so it was split to Highway Tabernacle Church and then one in Cincinnati or that area. I don't know anything about that area of Ohio. I've never lived there. Um, and then this is us becoming youth pastors at that same church we took our students to. So seven years later, um, this picture, we, we even had like rack our brains. Like, man, I feel like I've been in this church before. Like, yeah, we took our students here. We had moments of prayer with them. And then this was Reach Conference where we took 40 students with us um, down to the convention center. So just like it was a cool turnaround moment um, in our lives where this is where we kind of started our very first event in Ohio. And then this is where we ended up before coming now. And I really think it shows God's faithfulness and everything because we've done youth ministry together. And even in this bottom picture, there's a few of my students that I had in math class. So as well as being in youth ministry together, I was a high school math teacher. So some of you are sitting there like, hey, I can't, our church can't provide two youth pastors. But we get it. We can barely afford one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we understand. It was cool. Like I was 100% full-time math teacher and yet still doing youth ministry together yeah and that's exactly how we lived like that was obviously our dream would have been to work in a church together where they could hire both of us um, but the reality is that just doesn't happen many of you guys in here are probably not even paid yourself let alone your spouse being paid um, so that's one of the unique things that we're coming from this approach like we're not coming from that we were at this mega church where we both worked together and we were both hired and we were able to strategize and do all these things no it was she had a full-time job I had a full-time job. How did we blend those things together to make our ministry the most effective that we can? Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. But now, just kind of moving to where we are now, uh, just eight months ago, um, we left our full-time position. She was a full-time math teacher, had a great job. Um, her principal cried when she told him he was leaving. That's how much they loved her at that school. That's how good she was at her job. Um, true story, grown man. And uh, I left my full-time job, my full-time salary as a youth pastor. I had a great church that I loved being at um, to become missionaries, so youth alive missionaries. So now um, this is kind of a big God-sized dream that we've had for a long time. Um, you know, we've always dreamed and prayed about being in ministry together. Um, we were doing it together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, Pastor Nate, came up to us, he called me, and he, he said, hey, I want you to do this. Um, I want you to be a lot missionary. I was like, thanks, but no thanks. I like what I'm doing. And uh, then he started to explain what he wanted to be, and he explained that um, he had an idea about Liz coming to work in the network office um, with him as his admin. So that's what she does now. So she left her teaching career so that we can do ministry together. Um, we are technically doing it 
similar to what we were doing before, where I have a full-time job as a missionary, raising my support right now, working with students. She's full-time at the network office, working with Nate and Josh Williford, our network secretary, and pretty much making sure everything goes smoothly every single day and that me and Nate don't kill ourselves. Um, that's pretty much her job title. So now we're in ministry together, um, and this is where we're at in our point in our lives. And um, we just want to share with you some of the things that we've learned, some of the things that we think could help you maybe, and things that we've learned along the way. I think our main point, like, is something, as a teacher, I'm always going to fall back on that one. You're going to be like, are we learning math? Stay with the numbers. But our main goal of this session, what we want you to walk out with, is being able to understand that God's plan for your ministry can and should include your spouse. Yeah. Yes, there is so much to unpack in here, but I've seen so often um, youth pastors and youth leaders, and it's almost a one-man show. And it's I do this, my wife did this, but the reality is that God's plan for your ministry is better when your spouse is involved. Um, it can, yes, and should. So one of the great examples that we have in the Bible is Priscilla and Aquila. Um, I don't know if you know who they are. These were New Testament missionaries. They worked with Paul. They're mentioned six times in the Bible, never apart from each other. Yeah. Every single time that they were mentioned, they were mentioned Priscilla and Aquila. They were mentioned as a group because they worked together. So in Romans chapter 16, it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ. They risked their lives for me. I ain't risking my lives for you. I'm just kidding. Um, not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. These people were leading a church in their house. And Paul wrote about them multiple times in the New Testament. And then not only that in the New Testament, but way back in the day, I don't know if you've heard of a person called Adam and Eve, when God created man, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he gave him a wife. He gave him a spouse. God's plan for us was to work together in ministry just like in marriage. So the goal for today really is to help you understand that your ministry should include your spouse. Now what level that is, we're going to talk about that, but it can and should what God is doing in your life. And we're coming at it from the perspective of he was the youth pastor, I was the spouse. So some of you in this might be female youth pastors, and then you're like, how do I include my husband in this? And that's awesome. We just want to look from our standpoint, we're just speaking from our experience, but reverse the rules if you have to. It should work both ways. Um, but we want to start off by saying your marriage and family comes first. I mean, your relationship with God, and then your marriage and family, because your ministry is going to reflect that marriage that you yep. have in your house. Yeah, if you don't have a healthy marriage at home, you're not going to have a healthy youth ministry with your spouse. Um, you can try and fake it till you make it, but your kids are going to notice. That's just the way it is. They will see your relationship, and they will see your health and the communication that you have, and that will translate into your ministry. I mean, I, I see it so often even in lead pastors. When, when there's a struggle with a lead pastor and a spouse or when the, the wife or husband isn't there a lot of times, it creates tension in the church. People will understand. They see it. So your marriage and your family, if you have kids, we have two daughters. And I say all the time, my family is my first priority. Um, that means, you know, if my daughter has a soccer game, I'm skipping a youth event. You know, I'm not planning around my schedule because if my family isn't healthy, then my ministry isn't going to be healthy. And that's super important for us to understand. Yeah, I think what one thing that Matt was really good at is anything that we have ministry related, it was a family event. Even right now, um, you'll see if you go over to the OIM booth, you'll see two little monsters. Those are ours because we're doing our ministry together. And it was, yes, with your spouse, but also with our family. Uh, we do PK ministers retreat, and you were at Calvary. 
we brought our kids and was like, you know what, we're gonna, this is a family affair. They go to camp with us, they go to fine arts. It's something we make sure ministry is huge to us, but our families even even more than that. Yeah, and this isn't in my notes, but honestly, I believe that my kids will be better off for that. Yeah. Um, I believe that your sure. kids, when you raise them in church, when they love church, my daughter loves going to church because we love going to church because we love our ministry. It's not a strain. It, it's stressful. Don't get me wrong. But it's not a strain on our marriage to do ministry. It's an exciting thing that we get to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so your kids will be better off for it. And because of that, when you're called, your family's called. Yeah. Uh, whether they like it or not, in yep. the long run. So right now we have a one-year-old, and whether she likes it or not, she's involved in our ministry. She's going to be coming in. She's going to be a part of it. Yeah, so this is a, a huge deal, and this is what I see so often. Um, we, You can't have your calling, if you feel called to youth ministry, if you feel called to any sort of ministry, you can't have the person you're spending your life with saying, that's not my calling. Mm-hmm. right? It doesn't mean they have to be involved with you every single step of the way. But when God calls you, he's calling your family. It's because you're one. You come together and united. So I think sometimes we need to shift our mindset in our marriages, our relationships to say, man, like this is my job. This is what I'm doing. No, I'm called. So that means my wife is called. My kids are called, whether they like it or not. Now, we can't make our spouse maybe work with us. We might not be able to make them. And our kids, like obviously my daughter's. Until they turn 18, they're going to be going to church with me. But after that, they can make their own decisions. But as a part of my family, we understand that we are called as a family unit. Um, I have a calling on my life. My wife has a calling on her life. And there's a lot of different things to that. But it's so important for us to understand um, it's not just your calling. It's not just your ministry. It can be your family's ministry as well. Sure. And to be honest, there's a lot of benefits to it. I mean... As you're sitting, you're probably sitting in this room because you want to know how to do it. You want to know, hey, what does this look like? And you're you're sitting there like, hey, we know, we want to do this. But there's a lot of great benefits from working with your spouse. Yeah, so the first one, um, I think, is that it creates deeper relationships with your students. Um, This is such a huge one for you. When you have your wife or your husband involved in your youth ministry, that creates such a deep enrichment. Um, in their lives. Not only with that, but male and female relationships. Let me tell you time and time again, um, sometimes I feel when I was a youth pastor that I wasn't the youth pastor because my wife would get all of the messages from the girls, um, all of the questions, all of the things that they need help with, all the prayer requests. And I had to let that go and understand it's because she had those relationships, that God had put those relationships in her life for a reason and that she could handle them. So it really helps build a deeper relationship because like it or not, in today's culture, it's, it's just different than what it was, right? I cannot minister to a girl alone in a room. Like, I can't do that. Like, we have to be careful for ourselves. We have to protect ourselves, and having your family together will help you do that, but it'll also provide deeper relationships with your wife and, or your spouse and their, the females in your group, and then you as the husband or the lead pastor with your males in the room as well. Yeah, and it's not saying that Matt wasn't involved with our female students at all. They definitely knew that he was the youth pastor, and that's who they went to. They knew they could... Um, he would pray for them, he fought after them, he was definitely that youth pastor, but they also knew that I was there, so when it came to that confidential stuff where they were like, I don't want to talk to him, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> they knew I was able, I was there, and they could confide in that as well. Yeah, your students, especially in today's culture, need to see strong men yes. and women. Yes. 
many of them are not seeing it at home. So young women need strong women. Young yes. men need strong men. We're having identity crisis in our culture, in the Gen Z area, where people don't know who they are. They don't know what they believe. They don't know. Uh, many parents are um, single family homes where they don't have a dad, where they don't have a mom. So it is so important to step into that role and step into it boldly. I am the man of God in my household. My wife is the woman of God in her household, and we show that to our students. We understand that we have authority in who God has created us to be uniquely. So they need that. And I truly believe that I had a deeper relationship with my female students because of the way they saw me treat my wife. This is not a brag on myself, but there's a trust that is built when they see you respect your spouse. There's a trust that is built when they see you interact, when they, when they can come to you trusting that you want what's best for them. Not that you're going around your wife's back or you're talking about her um, you know, to them in a different way. But when they see that health in your life, that builds a deeper relationship with them where they can come to me and they can trust me knowing that I'm going to share this with my wife, that they're going to be safe and it's going to be a safe space for them. Yeah. Another benefit we truly believe in is that you bring in a whole different talents and abilities. I'm not sure if you picked up, Matt and I are very opposite people. We are. <laughs> 100%. So the fact that we were able to come together, uh, we, even for our slideshow, our, the PowerPoint presentation, Matt was like, okay, here it is. I'm like, yeah, she redid it. Yeah, honey. She redid it all. I'm like, redoing it. Uh, but it's just the different talents and abilities that we're able to bring to the table. I always say this, I am not a pastor or preacher, and I will die on that hill. I'm like, that is not my thing. I remember God calling me to youth ministry, and I'm like, how? I don't want a microphone in my hand. Yeah. Like, how is that going to look? And God was like, well, watch me, and able to provide that. Yeah, so I told my youth leaders all the time, like, I need you because there's students that you can reach that I can't. Yes. I know nothing about Pokemon. I know, I, I just don't. And my leaders did. And it's the same thing with your spouse. There's things that God has blessed them with that you need to realize that you just don't have. And I realized that very quickly. I know I am not an outgoing, energetic person. I'm not the person who's gonna get on stage and jump up and down and act crazy. My wife is. She can do that. She can bring that excitement. At the same time, she was saying, I can bring other things to the table that I have. Um, so you need to recognize those abilities and realize that God can use those in a really, really effective way in your ministry. And we'll talk about that a little bit deeper later. Um, but that's one of the big benefits is that you can get more out of your ministry because your spouse has more abilities than you do, right? We work so well together because I have vision and she has organization. Like we can work together. She reigns me and she helps this and she has dreams and things that we work together on and it just makes it um, a super good benefit. And the best benefit in my opinion is that it provides that godly example of marriage to your students. Yeah. Um, being able to say, I, I respect my husband was something that I remember so vividly at camp one year with our Lima First students. I called him, I was like, well, Pastor Matt said this, and they were like, why are you calling him Pastor Matt? And that was, at that church, that was a big thing that they were, they called the pastor's pastor. And I was like, I'm leading by example. Mm -hmm. I'm just showing that respect of that. I know our church wanted him to be called Pastor Matt, so I was like, I'm gonna do it. Um, to be able to show that respect and that godly example of marriage. Yeah, and going back to what I said before, you're your students need to see a healthy, godly marriage. They do. Um, they don't see it in culture. And, you know, culture today says, do whatever you want with your life. You don't have to get married. You can live with someone. You can do this. You can have kids whenever you want to. You could live your life with however many spouses you want. They need to see 
a strong godly example. And we've had that time and time again from parents. Once again, not bragging in our marriage, but just saying how thankful they were um, when maybe they were going through a divorce, um, that their student had us to reach out to, had people in their lives to set an example. Because um, students need a good godly example and more than you realize. And it isn't something where it's just like, hey, we're going to fake it in front of these kids, that everything's perfect and dandy. It wasn't like that at all. Um, if there were times where it was just like, I am so stressed out. Like, we had to talk about that beforehand. I was like, Matt, I can't do this right now. Yeah. And he'd be like, okay. And we understood, like, we had to be able to, I'm jumping, I'm jumping in our attack, yeah. That's all right. Okay. I was like, yeah, we have to be able to communicate to still hold that godly example for our students, but not be fake about it. Yeah. But at the same time, not showing them that I wanted to strangle him at that moment for missing the closed hamper by 10 feet again. Or whatever it may be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and that's really what a God example doesn't have to look like a perfect example. It has right, to look exactly. like a real example. Exactly. A real thing. Thank I, you for that I remember one of our youth leaders mentioned to us um, that she was worried that our how we talked to each other was making students uncomfortable because they thought that we were fighting. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, this is just a real conversation between a husband and spouse. We're not going to then we were not fighting, and she was exaggerating. Um, but it was just how we were communicating, like jokingly, just playing with each other. But it was real. Like, it wasn't like a like brawl-out fight, but our youth leader was a little concerned, but our students never said anything. Our students benefited from seeing the real who we were. Um, now saying we didn't air like out. when you say spring water, and I'm like. Yeah. No, it's not like we, I, we didn't air out our problems, like, in front of the youth ministry. We handled those at home, and we handled those where we should. Um, but we also didn't put on this perfect face that we were this perfect couple that yeah. had we were honest with the students yeah. and that goes such a long way. So now we've talked you into having youth ministry with your spouse, right? <laughs> now what? How do we do it? What's that even going to look like? What's her, what her steps forward? And I kind of, like I said, I jumped the ship, but communication to me as the outside of the church one was the most important thing for me because he was a full-time at the church, he was at staff meetings, he was at staff prayer, he was at communication between youth and the lead pastor. And having him communicate to me all of that information made me feel involved, made me feel seen, and made me feel just as important as he was. Because he brought that to me, and he was like, hey, so by the way, in two weeks we have our backyard barbecue, the youth is doing this. I'm like, cool, thanks. I had nothing to do, it was just he was informing me of things before uh, like before anyone else could like I hear it from the pulpit I'm like we're doing what? Yeah. Oh, did that happen sometimes? Yes. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying the big thing for me was just being able to communicate back and forth and communicating your expectations and needs. Yeah. So as a math teacher I would have days where it was like a Wednesday night and I'm like he's going to youth group four hours early it seemed like because the kids always get there so early. Like, no, you get there so yeah. early. Yes. Like, like, how are you doing? I'm glad you're here, but could you wait? Like, yeah. <laughs> how long can someone play ping pong? Like, for real. <laughs> but there were times where I'd be like, I'm coming home with a staff of tests that I needed to grade, and I would just communicate to him, like, I'll come with you, because like, I need the first 35 minutes when they're playing ping pong to the death to grade these tests and being able she to did. communicate that. Yeah, and she did. And I had to learn this also um, because we understand, I'm not up here saying that, we understand that we have our roles in ministry. Like she was a math teacher, I was the pastor. Like we have our roles, I'm not saying. But 
I also had to understand that my wife was such a part of my ministry and I needed to fight for what she was passionate about with my lead pastor. Now, I'm not saying fight, but there were so many things that she communicated to me about what she would like to see on Sunday morning, what she would like to see at youth or different things that honestly I believe that God gave her, but it was up to me to talk to my lead pastor because I was the one who was in staff meeting. I was the one in that. So I had to learn that probably the hard way, time and time again, where things didn't change. She was like, I can't do this. She couldn't do it. She wasn't in the staff meeting. She's not there as often as I was. So that communication, I had to understand, I needed to communicate not just to my wife, but also to my pastor for my wife, for my family, to see things change um, for the better. So that's one of the big things. If you want to do this successfully, communication is key. Another thing is respect. Um, Respect, 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 respect. I respect my husband in terms of he is that pastor. He is the pastor. I'm not trying to overstep that. I'm not trying to be that. I am his co. I am his side. I'm here to lift his arms up and help him. And I respect that. I respect that title of being a pastor. I know what he's gone through. I know what he goes through as a pastor at the church. But I don't because I am the pastor's wife or not as heavily involved. Yeah, so not just respecting their abilities, but don't make your spouse prove themselves in your ministry. Lift up, lift them up for them, right? Lift them up for your students. Affirm them for your students will go such a long way, right? It's, it can be so easy as a pastor to be a one-man show, to go up on stage and be like, I'm doing this, I'm preaching this week, I'm doing this. If you don't give your spouse the respect that they deserve and the opportunity to be in front of your students and to lead with their strengths, um, you're not respecting what God has placed in their life, especially if they want to be involved. You're actually hurting your ministry. Um, Don't make them ask for it. Don't make them do it. Don't make them earn the respect themselves with the students. Help them. Lift them up. Because honestly, as a pastor, that respect is almost given to me. Um, When I got hired, like people understand there's that pastoral title, like they understand the responsibility that I have and the relationship and there's a respect there. But that oftentimes doesn't happen for a spouse. Um, They're a little bit more judged, they're a little bit more looked upon and kind of picked at. So when you as the leader affirm your spouse and lift them up, it will make all the difference in the world. And how somebody saying that you you have just as much as, like you putting the importance on your spouse. We had a 4th of July parade where the whole town, not the whole town, but they started our, uh, yeah. started our church parking lot. And I had this older gentleman come up to me. We've been in the church for like six months. Yeah, like, it, we've been there good while. Oh, no, it was up, probably close to a year at this point. Okay. Like, yeah. And he was like, hey, do you know Jesus? And I'm sitting there like laughing. A man at our church. Like. At our church. <laughs> oh, like, we go to and I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, okay, uh, you know, okay, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I do. Going into it. And he's like, oh, you do? Like, what church do you go to? And then I'm like, I was like, I go to this church. And then actually, it was our lead pastor, Pastor Gary, comes up and he's like, This is Pastor Matt's wife. And he's like, oh, You look so different with your hair up. I'm like, Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you lie. Call that out. <laughs> you just don't know. But so then it was at that point where I was just like, Matt, what's going on? Yeah. And so having him make being able to show that respect in front of everyone to be like, Hey, she's just as much as this ministry. As you think, it was yeah. phenomenal to me. And sometimes it is hard 
on Sunday mornings and in main service because sometimes yeah sometimes you don't even get time on the stage or like in front sometimes it's just your pastor let alone having your spouse with you but um, whatever you have that opportunity to lift them up do it and it's going to take some work yep it took a learning curve 100% we're still learning that so it isn't something like I can go home tomorrow and we're going to do this youth ministry hand in hand it's hard um, it took lots of work and it still does take work considering that we work with each other even now even if in a more more way than we ever have before yeah i think honestly sometimes it is more work to include your spouse in your ministry but it's if you want to see an increase in your ministry you need to put in that work i think it is more difficult um it does take time and it's harder um just an example many times in my youth pastor over the last eight years liz had an idea for an event or um, something that we could do. And so many times I wanted to say no. Mm. I was like, like, we don't have the budget for this. We don't have the time. I don't want to put the work into this. I don't want to you know, try and organize this thing. But she was passionate about it. She said, I really feel like we should do this. And so I did it. I put away the, the negative things of this is not my idea. This isn't what I wanted to do. And we did it, and honestly, those are some of the best events that we've had in youth group because it was more work for me on my end. Um, it took a little bit of you know, selflessness to say, hey, like, I know it's not my idea, but she can have great ideas as well. And honestly, we had amazing events because of those things. That would happen, but it would have been so easy for me to say, no, that's too much work. No, we already have this going on. No, I don't want to do that. Um, it's going to take work, but when you put in that work, you see an increase in your ministry. And at the same time, being able to it not happen. There were times where it would be like a Sunday, Wednesday night, and I'm like, hey, I think we should do small groups. And he's like, no. And I was like, why not? Like, <laughs> being able to understand, like, kind of take yourself down and be like, okay, he knows what he's doing. This is his message. In the end, is he right? Yes, of course he is. But <laughs> being able to say, like, okay, he wrote this message. He's planning this. So it took that work of communicating with each other in terms of youth pastors, uh, husband and wife, to be able to talk and work together. Yeah, and it's not a guarantee. Like, I'm not saying that I did everything that she asked. It's the same way that I don't do everything that I want to do. Um, because there's church calendar. There's other things involved. So there's a give and take. Um, but sometimes you just have to do the work to affirm what God has put in your spouses. I think one of the most difficult things of what to do is take down your pride. Yep. Yeah. As pastors, we often want control of our ministry. Um, I was through and through. I had a plan. I had a vision. I wanted to do it. I knew how to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's hard, but you have to take down your pride of how you want to see things happen because you're not doing it alone. And honestly, that's healthy to do because sometimes when you have tunnel vision of I'm going to do this all myself, it's not going to be healthy. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be more difficult. So you have to allow who God has given us to increase your ministry. You have to allow what God has placed in your life and what he's affirmed to help you increase. Talk about our youth leaders. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different breakout, but yeah. involving your youth leaders as well. That's a big thing. Taking down that pride to be able to say, I can hey, do it better. Can you do this? Yeah. yeah. Well, I can do it. And then some of the same, spot, the same side as the spouse, being able to say, I'm not the pastor. I'm not going to be able to um, have this much say in things because that's not my lane. I am here still calling back on me to lift his arms and to help him. It's by the grace that I have an amazing husband that was like, no, I want you to come with me. I want you. So him being able to step down and say, 
know, I want her with me, let's do this together. And me being able to say, like, the keys is still in charge, I'm just here to help them guide that. Yeah, so just a good example of this, um, once again, not patting ourselves on the back, but summer camp. Um, so for we've been <laughs> activities directors and just different roles in the program. And two years ago, um, my wife was approached to be the camp director, which is like the holy of holies, like you get to make all the decisions, right? And so they asked her, and then they asked me to be her assistant director. And that, in my mind, was very hard to process because I was the pastor, right? But I quickly realized this makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> like, all the sense, because my wife is the organizational. She's the direct one. She makes decisions, and she makes them well. And she puts her foot down, and she can make things happen. Me, I'm great at talking to people. I'm great at just connecting and hanging out and doing my job. And so it took my pride to say, I could have easily said no. Like, you're the assistant. I'm going to be the director. I could have easily, no, I'm not that type of person. I never would have done that. But it would have been easy to say, hey, that's, that's hard. It's hard when your spouse is leading something, maybe that you put them in that place. Or it's hard when they're maybe even leading a, a message or a small group to let that go. But you have to let your pride go because it's not just your ministry. It's your family's ministry. And if you don't let that pride go, God will never expand it. He'll never, it, it will go so much greater than what you can have on your own. And having that stepping down your pride, but being able to reinforce that idea to everyone else. Because it was weird. Like, people would come to Matt and be like, so what's the plan here? And he's yeah. like, that's Liz's job. He's yeah. like, you need to go talk to her. And having that, like, support from my husband will still bring tears to my eyes to be like, I knew I was covered and backed 110%. Yeah. I never was like, I'd see someone walk to Matt, and I wasn't like, is he telling him the right thing? Like, what's going on? You know it. That's his personality, and that was nice that I, I knew that. But if that's not your personality to be able to let things go, that's really something you have to work on. I mean, for me, it's something for me to work on because I'm more of that aggressive personality. So to be able to say, nope, that's his decision, that's his thing, is hard for me as well. Yeah, understanding your role um, and the role that you serve in your ministry is so important. Um, but at the same time, don't get so prideful in your role that you can't yeah. change. You can't be flexible in what God is doing in your ministry. And on the flip side, if you're like, I'm just the pastor's wife, I don't want to do that. And that's just as negative as saying, you know what, I'm the pastor's wife, I'm going to do this. Or it's just as saying, I can't do that. Yeah. Because I'm not the pastor. Yep. You need to let go of that pride of saying you're not, I don't know what kind of pride that is, but God has placed you in that position for a reason. And I'm not saying you have to preach, I'm not saying you have to even lead a small group, but don't let you not being the leader hold you back from what God wants you to do. And right into that is you got to create those intentional ministry opportunities that lean into your spouse's strength. Like I said, I'm not the preacher. And so Matt was never like, you know, you're going to leave this Wednesday night all by yourself. Good luck. And but even when it came to doing this breakout, I was like, so this is what I think I want to say. Here you go. And he made it like exactly, I couldn't even say it as well. He's like, I got the Bible verses. I got the order of everything. And I'm like, how did you do that? That's his strength. It was great. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just being intentional about finding out what your spouse is good at and what they enjoy and how that connects to your youth ministry and leaning into that, right? Like, so often, man, for peace sake, my wife, before summer camp, had all the girls over at our house. It was chaos. And they 
I don't even know what they did. They tie-dyed shirts, like, for their team. Like, never in my life do I have a desire to tie-dye. Like, <laughs> ever. <laughs> but that was something she wanted to do. And so we leaned into that. And you know how much, man, I can't even tell you the, the good amount of conversations that I've had with young women and have, she's had at our house because of events like that. Because of things that we've leaned into, right? Like, maybe your spouse is weird and likes Pokemon. Man, lean into it. Like, find someone else. Like, I'm just kidding. I, I couldn't do Pokemon in elementary school. I went to a Christian school. They took all my Pokemon cards away. So I'm, I'm bitter about it. I'm just, that's why I can't. True story. They took them away. So, man, I could have like a million dollar Charizard just sitting in my teacher's class right now. Like, but. I think another cool thing, Matt stepped into those awkward roles too. There's one thing where I was like, Hey Matt, we're gonna dress up in progresses and we're gonna go to Taco Bell. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, just go with it. And what was so cool and what I didn't expect from him is that he got dressed up in a, a tux. It was a weird velvet jacket. Mm. We're gonna go with it. She liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so cool because I see him coming down the stairs. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to Taco Bell with some girls. And I was like, that is awesome. Um, so creating those intentional spaces for your spouse, but knowing that you're still part of that space. Yep. That just because you created something like, hey, I know Matt's really going to be good at leading a small group discussion, I'm going to step out. It's no, you're going to come alongside too. It might be stretching you, and I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't like talking in front of people, but here we are. And this is another example of that thing. Like, I don't want to dress up and go look like a fool at Taco Bell, honestly. never. That is not on my list of things I would like to do. But, man, it was so cool just to see those girls, like, just the look on their yeah, their look on their faces, and to know that they weren't crazy, that we were in this together, and man, it was so much fun, and we have pictures to prove how ridiculous it was. Um, yeah. And our last thing is just like in marriage, the healthiest healthiest group groups are when the youth pastor and their spouse serve each other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what it boils down to. Um, I, as a youth pastor and a youth leader. As a missionary, I serve my wife and the vision that God has given her, and she serves me as well in my vision. So that means lifting each other up, not tearing each other down. Um, that means when I have an idea, uh, my wife is a very blunt person, but she will tell me, yeah, that's a great idea or that's a bad idea. She's not like, you idiot. Like, that's, why would you do that, right? Like, that's the best water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. So, like, lift each other up. Serve each other. Just as you would in your house, just as we tell you to do in a marriage, that's so healthy to do in your youth ministry, any ministry that you're in, with anybody, serve them. Whether that's your lead pastor, um, whether that's your worship pastor, don't be like, oh, well, that's not my role. That's not what I do. No, find a way that you can serve them. Find a way that you can help, that you can input yourself. Because I guarantee you, not only will it help them, it will help you. Find out what God has enabled you to do. It's so, so healthy. It's, it, it, it's hard. Uh, it takes a lot of work. It's taken a lot of tears and arguments yeah. to be like, Matt, come on. I want a chili cook-off. We've never had a chili cook-off. Really like, and honestly. it's things like you just got to keep it, and it's like you got to work with each other and say, like, express your frustrations. And, and on the flip side, I remember a very vividly remember a conversation where Matt was like, not be so blunt right now. And I was like, that's weird for me. I will try my best. But it was just, he had to communicate that to me. Like, I know you're giving this feedback. It was right after a sermon. He's like, how'd I do? And I was like, I was on all the negative things, because that's what I see, and that's my personality. And he was like, oh, okay. But it was just cool, because I was like, I didn't think of it like that way. Mm -hmm. And really working off each other with 
ministry, he might have something, I, an idea, and I'm like, whoa, that sounds real bad. We shouldn't do that. Yeah. And vice versa. But being able to sit down, and my forefront is sh- lifting up my husband and anything he does. Yeah, and once again, like we're not experts in this, and we're going to allow some time here in a minute to just, if you have any questions for us. Um, but what we have seen is we've seen the success of our ministry as we've done it together. Um, the roles that we've been in, and, and it's not like we've even done this super intentionally, like, oh, we're going to do this together, because we want this, like, it's just happened. God's just blessed us, and he's given us opportunities to work with each other and to serve each other, and it's worked out great that my wife was a teacher, so um, the schedule, and I was of the heart, but I think that's the final point I want to make. If you want your spouse to help you in your job, you need to help them in what they're doing. It, it goes both ways. You can't expect your spouse to come serve you every Wednesday or Sunday night when you're not doing diddly squat to help them with their work. You got it. It goes both ways. I don't know how many tests I graded. I don't know how many times I... Uh, my, multiple choice. Yes, multiple choice. <laughs> it was math. So. <laughs> yeah, the definite answer was. She's like, she was like, they need to show the work. I was like, this looks like hieroglyphics to me. I don't know what... This, they could write anything. But like, how many times I... You bring me lunches. Yeah, I had Fridays off. So I would bring her lunch and just hang out with the kids. I helped her in her job. And she blessed me in my job. And guess what? Both of our jobs were better for it. Um, I'm not saying that's exactly your case. You might be like, well, my husband works in a coal mine. Like, <laughs> I don't know, make him soup or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you cannot expect what you're not going to give. Um, you can't expect, right? Like, in the same way, pray for your spouse. Pray with your spouse. Whatever role you're in. And, and I come to this breakout realizing that some of you guys may be a little frustrated because you want your spouse to do more but they're not willing to um and we understand that we've been blessed because we're both very passionate about what we do um bottom line pray for them encourage them lean into their strengths no matter how small or involved they want to be give them opportunities to be involved because your mission will be better not saying that god can't use your spouse otherwise, and it can't be separate. God can do whatever he wants to do. He can bless your ministry however way. But when you pray for your spouse, when you pray with your spouse, it makes a world of difference. Um, and then it translates to your ministry as well. Yeah, so what questions do you guys have? Not that we have all the answers. But um, we do have all the answers. <laughs> um, so uh, could you take a moment and just uh, speak to sometimes that divide of like, hey, you need to communicate, but... You know, you, you come home from your day and, yes. and you share. And then sometimes there are those uh, those apps. Haven't had conversations with the pastors all over mm-hmm. the place. It's, well, I can't share this with my wife because, and then, quote, I need to protect them from blank. Yes. And so I've had lots of disagreements in, in that. And, you know, my, my wife, I tell her, like, hey, I'm going to tell you everything. Sometimes just for me, yeah. it's a, like, a 12 to 24 hour process. Yep. And then here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm better for having shared that. So like in your experience and how your guys' dynamic is, could you like address like that and how that works and what you've experienced? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, a time and place for everything. So when it was on my way home, like, hey, how was your day? What'd you do? It was the lighthearted stuff. Like, oh, we were in staff meeting for 14 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 or like, I had a cheeseburger for like, like it was a lighthearted conversation. And then when there's the times like the kids went to bed and then he was kind of, just, that's when he would like, okay, it's here. Yep. Like, 
I'm stressed out because of this. Like I had to have this conversation. And it wasn't, if there was anything confidential, that he would just be like, so there's, this is happening. And I'm like, cool. Like I had to have that respect to be like, you know what, I don't need to know. And to protect me. Like as the wife of, hey, you don't want to know this. You don't need to know this. I had to respect that. And that could be a, pill, a hard pill to swallow for me because I'm a very control freak. And so I was just like, okay, I understand. I listen. But really it was the time and place for us when that communication would happen. Mm -hmm. So not all communication looks the same. Yeah, and it it has to be in a healthy way as well, like she said, um, when we did it and how we did it. And like you said, there's things that probably shouldn't be shared. Um, there's things that young women have told her that she won't tell me the details. Right. She tells me the overview, but I don't need to know the details of it. Um, and the same way it goes for her. So really the communication that for us was most important was the details of events, of things that really make our family run well. Um, like the deep, deep spiritual stuff, that's okay waiting a little bit, maybe if you need to unpack it yourself, or maybe you just need to walk through the process with that person before sharing it right, or there's something they need to know. Like for, for example, we had a student, a parent called me and said, hey, there's a long story, they were sexually abused as a child, their grandpa just got out, or no, he just got arrested, and it's on Facebook, like, because he was the one who did it. And she's like, I don't want kids to know, like, if you hear people like talking about it, like mentioning to them, like they're just having a hard time. That was something I told my wife right away. I was like, we need to look for this. I didn't tell my leaders. I didn't tell anyone else, but we needed to keep an eye out for it. And that was a heavy thing that I could have kept to myself and be like, man, but it was more beneficial for us to do it together. So the communication more, I think for us was like the, hey, this is what we're doing. This is when we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. So that she understood, hey, I'm included in this. I know what's going on. And then the heavy spiritual stuff can kind of wait for the right time or place. Yeah? I know your children are little. Yes. <laughs> but can you speak to any potential challenges uh, related to um, being a youth ministry where your children are part of it? Yeah. <laughs> I can... Example, my wife and I, our children range from 16 down to 9. Yeah, so I can't speak to that from a parent's aspect, but I can speak to it as a child's aspect because when I was growing up in youth group, my mom was a youth leader. She still is. She's over 60 years old and she still goes to summer camp. And she knows her role. She is the one who talks to those girls who don't want to play the sports, all those things. So you have a place, everyone. Anyway, my mom was a youth leader. And what benefited me so greatly was that when we went to church, when we went to youth group, she was my mom, but she wasn't my mom. Like, the roles changed. She wasn't the one, if she saw me crying at the altar, she wasn't the one, the first one there, like, hugging me, right? You understand that you have to give space and freedom for your child. And um, once again, every situation is unique and different, but I think that's what benefited me the most, and I could see that benefiting my children the most. Um, especially, it's like that coach player relationship when it's a parent or a daughter like you can't treat them special even though they are special um, like you have to just level the playing field allow them to understand what God is doing in their life in their own way um, and then if they have problems with it just ask them to be open with you like just uh, that communication is so important what can I do better how can I do the better and it can actually be beneficial like hey what do you want to see what are your friends talking about in youth group like how do you want to see this happen so there's some things and sorry i can't speak specifically to your situation but i hope that 
that's helpful. Yeah. Anyone else? Any questions? We've got some time left. If not, I can talk about spring water for another 10 minutes. So. Anyone else? Any questions? Comments? Concerns? I know. We'll let them out. Uh, before we let out, I want to do something probably a little bit unique. I thought about this before. I want to pray for y'all. Um, because some of you guys are in a lot of different positions where you're at. Like I said, some of you guys, your ministry is great with your spouse. I want to pray that God will increase that and he'll give new open doors. Some of you guys, it's a struggle. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would open your heart, would open your spouse's heart, whoever you're with. And some of y'all in here are single. I don't know. Um, pray that God would give you the right person um, who can. So everybody bow your heads. We're just going to pray just a prayer over all of you. Um, and uh, my wife is going to pray first and then I'll close in prayer. Okay. Dear Jesus, I thank you for each and every one of these leaders that are in this room, Lord. And I pray that you would just strengthen their relationship with each other as first and foremost their marriage. Mm, yes. I pray that they would just be able to walk out of this place and have be ready to fight this fight together. That they would be able to stand in ministry, see these kids in front of them, and know, hey, we've got this together. I'm not in this alone. I've got you up by my side. And I pray for those that have that assumption that are ready to do it, but we just can't. And whether it's their lead pastors kind of butting heads with them or the youth leaders are butting heads. I, I pray for whatever circumstance that looks like. Um, whatever doors need to be opened, please open those doors. And when doors need to be closed, yes. I pray that you close those doors, Lord Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing each and every one of these ministries that are represented in these rooms. That they are doing amazing work. That they are fortifying a defense that comes to raising them up to be phenomenal leaders that we know you've called them to be, Lord. And I pray you would just strengthen them, hold them together, help their families. And it is a hard, hard fight, Lord. And I pray that the enemy does not have a hold on their family. Yes. And they sit here and they, they're saying, Jesus. I want to help these students, but I need to help my kids first. Yes, God. Lord Jesus, I pray that their, their children would feel the love and the presence that you yes, have God. for their family. You have called the entire family yes. to lead, not just their parents, Lord. Jesus, God, I pray for each and every individual in this room. God, I pray for pastors, youth pastors, Lord, that you would just strengthen them, encourage them, help them to include and see the vision that you have for their ministry that includes the person that you've given them. God, I pray for spouses, Lord, who may feel um, discouraged, who may feel out of the loop or not involved enough. God, I pray, Lord, you would just strengthen them, give them the opportunities, give them creative ideas to minister to the people around them. God, I pray for, for pastors in here who are saying, man, my spouse, I wish she would do more. I wish he would do more. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just give them avenues um, to open up doors to ministry. God, I pray, Lord, that even unique things uh, that involve their giftings would just be open. And I pray in the name of Jesus for health over every single marriage in this room, God. Our students need healthy marriages. Our students need these leaders. Um, if we want to see Ohio for Jesus, God, our students need to see a good example. So I pray for any attack of the enemy to be gone in the name of Jesus. I pray for, for friction in the marriage to be gone. I pray for for lustful thoughts to be gone in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for purity in our houses and our homes and things that we watch and things that we listen to, God, Lord, that our, we would set the example from the start for our family in our home, God, for our ministry in our home. They would see that, that would translate, and that you would bless it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for all of these. I pray, Lord, we would see increase, that you would just help us to understand that you have placed us where we're at, with who we're with, for a reason, and Lord, help us to use that for your glory. We thank you. We praise you. We praise on your name. Amen.